0: we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it guys i'm gonna make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial my plan is to cry a lot and then no i'm actually gonna do
1: Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally
0: am not trying to be a a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mil sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of Double Game Week 15 and preview of Double Game Week 16. This episode is brought to you by the second Brexit, or Iceland over England. Uh, no, no, sorry. Uh, I mean, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantastic Reddit community of r fantasymls fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight I'm joined by a slightly different lineup of co-hosts. Uh, we have our stats guru, Andrew Crawlard, and injury sleuth... Michael Denton hey fellas what's up
2: hello how's it going
0: doing well I'm happy you guys could join us tonight and uh maybe everyone will enjoy some different voices tonight with fantasy as we just try to to break down uh this double game week 15 it was pretty pretty crazy guys what are your general thoughts about this
2: well, my thought was I should have paid more attention to the fact that there was a U.S. Open Cup match the week before, and so everyone was going to be, at least all these Double Game Week teams were going to have this compressed schedule, and I should have expected more rotation, but I didn't, so I only scored 80 points.
1: <laughs> I actually didn't even really get to watch any MLS at all. I was busy coaching, so your takeaway is as good as mine, or better in this case. <laughs>
0: I think, yeah, I think, Mike, you hit it on the head. Uh, a lot of people were sort of taken aback by the rotation that that happened during this uh, this round, and I, and that was because of the U.S. Open Cup. And I, I do think a lot of us kind of forgot that it was going on. Or I, I, th- I think uh, I'd have to check real quick to find out, but I, I think most of the final teams are MLS teams now, and maybe... Uh, one of the New York... I don't know if it was the Cosmos maybe are still left in there, but it's mostly MLS teams that are going to be in the Open Cup <clears throat> going forward. So uh, we, we forget, I guess, how it, that varies for teams to value doing well in the Open Cup versus league play during times like this. Uh, I think at this point if Guy were with us, he would rant about uh, the number of games these stars play and that they should be able to, to put up with things like this. Uh, but I get it. I mean... You want your guys to be fit when a lot of star players are still missing for Copa America. I mean, maybe they just looked at round 15 as kind of a throwaway, a throwaway round. Um, kind of like we looked at round 14 last, last week. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, but I think you, you do kind of nail it on the head as far as that goes. But since we're talking about some of this rotation, Andrew, I know you've been working on an article... Uh, soon, that sort of touches on this topic. But the the big, I guess, WTF moment from round fifteen is just this was a double game week round. Players are supposed to provide better returns, aren't they? And and here we're seeing them not even get not even get ninety minutes between two games. Is is this really uh, what double game weeks have turned into? So 2016 is this is this just an outlier or is or what what's up
1: with double game weeks this this year? So before I even get into any of the stats, I want to put on my ranting pants. Do it and (laughs) do it since Guy isn't here and Simon isn't here. So are are
2: they the Guy Sanchez ranting pants? Um (laughs) yeah,
1: they are. Sure, why not? Um, So RSL decided to not only rotate pretty much their entire team, but they decided to give us all the big old middle finger and say on Twitter, don't care about your fantasy team. And it pissed a lot of people off. Like, it, it just exemplified how much MLS doesn't care about fantasy. Um, and a lot of people jumped on them and were just giving them crap right back, and that made me happy to see. Um, but... I mean, what the heck, Kassar? Come on. I know you've got a bunch of games right in a row here, but you don't need to rotate your whole entire team against Dallas, who's above you in the standings, and you're doing nothing. And we let Mauro Diaz run rampant and kill you guys because you had a bunch of scrubs out there. What are you going to do? Okay. No. Know, I,
0: I, I might suggest, though... Perhaps they do actually care about our fantasy teams if they were letting Mario Diaz run rampant. Because <laughs> besides Glad, who really, and maybe Plata, who really had people from RSL as far as their defense or their midfield was going. So I mean, maybe with the differential for for Javi Mo, but um, uh, I don't know. I I also saw that tweet. I don't think I would. Yes, it was it was kind of irritating to to see from an official team Twitter say that and I don't think any of us expect a coach or a team to manage their lineup to maximize our fantasy teams. That's that's kind of silly and we get that. But uh yeah, that that is kind of tough to see from an official Twitter like that where you would hope that at most or at worst you just wouldn't say anything. Kind of like yeah. falling back, if you can't say anything nice, just don't say anything at all. Or to interact with the fans in some sort of witty banter way of oh, well you know what happened sorry about your team uh, that uh, that kind of stuff I I don't I don't think it's necessarily a statement from MLS as a whole um, because we do we do see some some players who are pro fantasy we saw Axel last week retweeting some stuff about the fantasy MVP squad and so I I don't think it's it's that bad do I think that could be supported more
2: yeah, yeah, do. Do I but think it, it could help? Go ahead. That, that's the thing. They never talk about fantasy. Like, wh- I came into the MLS fantasy because when New York City was starting, they tweeted out a promotion for it. They were like, hey, top ten people gets like, a t-shirt or something. And that's how I found out about fantasy. Since then, I rarely see team accounts, whether it's New York City or anyone else, tweet about the existence of the game. You follow game broadcasts. They don't mention it at all. Like, it, it doesn't exist on the radar for most casual fans. And so for the one mention of it to come as this derisive, like, we don't care about your fantasy teams, like, I was glad that they finally at least mentioned that it existed. But, I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, do something over the... I mean, y'all, MLS invests so much in this game and then just does absolutely nothing, even, like, little tiny things to promote it on a week-to-week level, like... Mention it on a weekly basis, RSL Twitter. You know, like this isn't. I'm not asking the world, and I don't think most fantasy players are, but for the one time you mentioned fantasy to, you know, derisively dismiss people being mad because you put out a, put out a B lineup, which, I mean, I, I don't know why Jeff Kassar wasn't fired upon his return to Salt Lake because RSL is not good enough to be blowing off games. You know, New York Red Bulls, yeah, they're probably going to make the East regardless, but RSL isn't. You know. Throw us a bone and mention fantasy a little bit more often than that, you know. So that,
1: but. So the thing is, is that you can literally be worse than average, and still make the playoffs in MLS. The consequences for losing are relatively non-existent compared to other um, soccer leagues, with the lack of relegation. And literally, you can you can place 12th out of 20 and still make the playoffs and go win a championship. It's crazy.
0: Well, so here's here's my challenge to everyone listening before we move on to, to talking about double game weeks and single game weeks, is at the end of the season, it's likely that, once again, we're going to have a questionnaire that asks us for feedback. And usually we get a survey about fantasy. Uh, if not from MLS itself, you can definitely expect one from this show and overall on Reddit. Uh, when you get that, no matter what the source, just comment about this. Don't don't do it negatively. Don't don't bash RSL. Don't bash the league. But just let them know what fantasy means to you and give them some some good thought out suggestions on how they can help promote the game. If it's like they do down in, in Houston and they have a, a highlight for the top scoring person in the league, like Travis tends to win, and, and have them just put up on the big screen. Maybe send that out on our Twitter message. Maybe try to get more people on the team podcast that we see, the third party ones, try to say, hey, I'm into fantasy, can I come on your show sometime and talk about that? Maybe get that. Heck, we have Andrew Wiebe over at Extra Time Radio. Maybe he could mention something every now and then just for a little fantasy update over there. there there's not money. We, we know there's not money that can really be sunk into this a lot. So if we can provide some ideas for how we as a community can sort of grassroots this thing we can show that there is an interest and, and the viability of that, and maybe that'll get some guys going. So let's, let's do it with love, everybody. Let's do it with love. <laughs> That's my challenge. It's it's long-term, guys, so just, just keep it in mind. But anyway, Andrew, right. Double yeah, Game so, Weeks,
1: WTF. Yeah, moving on to the actual stats of it all. <laughs> so a, a lot of players have been rotated, and it's super frustrating. I was bit by it pretty, pretty hard this week. I, I had at least four or five guys, I think, that were rotated in this game week. Um, but statistically speaking, up to this point in the season, it works out to about one in three players are going to get rotated within a double game week. Um, so they're going to start one game and sit the other game and maybe come on as a sub, if um, And the average score of a double game week player is is actually rising. It's now up to about 1.6 times that of a single game week player throughout the season. So even with all of the massive, massive disappointment that we get from these guys sitting when we really didn't want them to (coughs) question, um, they're, they're still definitely worth it going into the game week. Because stats say that they're going to get, you know, 60% more points than their single-game week counterpart.
0: You know, I think that's going to be a surprise to many people. This, so I think that's our knee-jerk reaction that's happening is we've we've been wronged. What's what's going on? But I guess the the main advice from from this is is just chill. They're still worth it.
1: Yeah, I I was definitely thinking it was going to be closer to one. 0.3, 1.4, somewhere in there, because um, it definitely does seem like it's happening more and more that they're getting rotated, but it's it's still hanging around that really good threshold of like 1. 1.5, 1. 1.6 times. That's uh, something that you gotta you got to go for it.
2: Andrew, have yeah. you looked to see if rotation risk is higher when the teams are on the road? Like this week, RSL and Red Bulls, they both rotated when they were on the road, and I even you could say the Galaxy the week before with Gerard and Dos Santos kind of held a lot of their players back um, when they're on the road. Do you think rotation risk is higher on the road? Do that 1-3 number go up, or is it just standard regardless?
1: Um, I, I haven't actually looked at that. My gut is telling me that you're probably right in that they rotate more on the road. Um, like, going back to RSL on this, They've got a stretch here of about, I think it was six games in about 18 days or something like that. Um, And this game against Dallas was their only road game, so it kind of makes sense to rest some of their guys on that. Um, But I haven't actually looked at any stats to see if that plays out as true or not. Well, we at least know that the players are going to
0: perform better at home, so if you're going to hedge your bets then, that, that would be the time. Uh, perhaps, maybe, though, we could say that if you are still a little wary of the double game weeks, then while it's still worth it, maybe you don't have to go as hard in to a double game week as as maybe you would have in the past.
1: Yeah, when when I'm talking about all this stuff, I mean, obviously you still want to play your star set of players, your Giovinkos, your Diaz, your Valeris, those kind of guys, even if they're on a single game week, because we see, like, with... Diaz and Valeri this week, they combined for 30 points on single game week, so those guys are always worth it. I think sometimes
0: we talk about fixture-proof, and I guess as far as I'm concerned, I would hope at least you guys and many other listeners would, would agree, Valeri is pretty much game week proof. It doesn't matter if it's single game week, it doesn't matter if it's double game week, if he's not injured, he's in my lineup. That's that's just it. He is that. That's sticking good. Uh, Well, that's great. Uh, If anybody wants to see these stats and read more of them, this is your your next article that's coming up on Fantasy Boss, is that right?
1: Um, It's going to be part of it, yeah. Not the main focus, but it'll be in there.
0: Yeah, so check that one out to see more and whatever else Andrew has in store coming up to MLS Fantasy Boss. Uh, Guys, I I don't think we could really go much further without having just a a bit of a discussion. Uh, We already talked about the Open Cup, but... Copa America. Did you guys watch the final game? I did. Yes.
2: I, I saw extra time in the the penalties. Messi crying.
0: <laughs> I'm like Michael. I, I just I just came in for uh, extra time in the shootouts. So, what did you guys think? Is this a deserved win? Is is this has Messi just lost it? Now he's saying he's he's going to retire. Is is this always going to be the black spot? Just what did you guys take away from this Copa America?
1: um Messi I think he's just done with the pressure from the fans and the media and himself it's it's a lot to carry on your shoulder when a lot of people consider you the best player not even necessarily currently but of all time and to to not be able to bring your national team when you have so many other talented pieces around you not be able to bring him you know a major international title it's It's got a weigh on you pretty seriously.
2: See, I I don't think it has anything to do with him losing the title. If you're reading behind the scenes, there's a lot of drama with the Argentine um, Federation. Uh, They're probably about to get um, disqualified by FIFA for government interference. There's a lot of corruption. Messi's been posting complaints about the error schedule and the benefits and all of that. And Messi wasn't the only one who left. I think Aguero, Mascherano... Maybe Higuain also announced their retirement yesterday. I think there might have oh, wow. like players who also... I mean, so there's a lot of drama within the federation. And so I think regardless of whether Argentina won or lost yesterday, I think they were going to walk out and kind of start negotiating the terms if they were going to return for 2018. So I'm, I'm hoping he's going to come back, and I'm hoping he's not just, you know, over-emotional and just done with it. Because, I, I mean, he's incredible to watch. I, I love watching him. In Argentina... They're the best team, maybe not in the world, but one of the best teams in the world. They're certainly a favorite to get back to the World Cup final if all these players come back. Their defensive numbers throughout the tournament were incredible, um, not just not preventing preventing the U.S. from getting any shots on it against them in the semis, but just entire tournament, people weren't getting quality shots against them. So um, Or shots at all. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, but of course, no, no, put down the Chile. Though that they have a fantastic program that they really built up down there. So a lot of credit to them as well for her. they. I don't think their win was undeserved.
1: No, not at all. I love Chile. I actually picked them to win the last World Cup. Um, I've been following them since Bielsa took over in like 2007 or 2008, whenever that was. And their strategy of hiring successful successive managers that are in the same mold as Bielsa, kind of provide some continuity throughout their entire program, and it's hanging off
2: with two consecutive Copa wins. Exactly. Any team that beats Mexico 7 to nothing is fine with me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can always appreciate that. And, and I will say, though, I was rooting against uh, Argentina purely because they beat the United States. I have had this discussion with friends... When talking about sports for my entire life, I am not one of those people who takes comfort in the fact that my team was beaten by the winner or my team was beaten by the best. I want revenge. I want to see them lose, and I want to see them lose badly. So I was pleased to see Argentina lose and Messi miss and it, and I always love I love PKs in in a final game. I just I just I like I don't like blowouts. I like final games to be tough and PKs are great ends for me. So moving on to housekeeping. As we said already, game week sixteen, round sixteen, is a double game week, and it is New England Revolution and Mike's own New York City that is Ooh. playing <laughs> get a little holler. Uh, they are the ones who are playing a double game week this round not as fantastic as some of the past teams that have played though as andrew was saying um maybe still worth investing in with these guys definitely some targets that we'll cover in a few minutes uh but since we do have mike here for our injury report i'm just gonna throw it off to him
2: okay um well we have a lot of injuries to talk about um this past week um Starting off with someone that we've, has been on the list for a while. Uh, Coelho tested his hamstring today in practice, but I guess he he's still questionable for the weekend. Um, Derek, uh, Houston's goalkeeper, left the match versus Portland at halftime due to, quote, a dehydration issue. So I guess watch that in case there's actually a bigger issue going on. Giles Barnes wasn't in Houston's 18 due to a- Achilles tendinopathy. I don't know what that is, but I, no timetable has been given for his return. Uh, Cubo Torres left for Mexico's Olympic team. Um, I, I guess we'll have to watch to see what other players leave for the Olympic teams, but that's the first one I've heard of. Um, Cuadun Pocu of New York City, um, he has been sold to Miami FC, according to reports, so you shouldn't put him in your lineup. Um, Mendoza for New York City had a core issue that kept him out of the A-team, but there's also rumors he's on the trading block as long as, as well as mixed discroot and uh, Patrick Mullins. Um, Steres for the Galaxy. Uh, I haven't been able to find out too much information on why he wasn't in the lineup um, against San Jose. The best thing I got was a tip from one of my followers on Twitter uh, who said the MLS SAP broadcaster said he was hurt in an injury in warmups. So I don't know what injury it is or what the timetable is, but that's the, the best information I have on him. Uh, Bernardes for San Jose left early with a right lower leg injury. Erwin, the goalkeeper for Toronto, left early due to a non contact injury during a goal kick, so I would expect him to be out for a while. Pedro Morales came out at 64 minutes looking bothered by his ankle, but I haven't heard much on his, the severity. Octavio Rivera for Vancouver has been sold to Colo Colo of Chile, and uh, Matt Polster of Chicago should be available this weekend, so he's back. That's that's all I've got, but I'm sure with the U.S. Open Cup there will be more injuries to come. So, stay tuned. <laughs> Keep
0: an eye on that. We'll get a uh, we'll get a link in the podcast at, at the end of the show on the on the post with um, the bracket for U.S. Open Cup, so everyone can see a timeline for that, just to help people get a better grasp on, on what that situation is. Because there's some gaps in between the games; it's not back to back to back. So,
2: there's... Yeah. The next U.S. Open Cup isn't until after game week 19, and then not again until after 22. Uh, The final isn't until September. So it's not going to be as compact as it has been this month.
0: Uh, I guess some other news that we're going to touch on, I guess I didn't include this later on, but um, everyone better watch out for McMath because we've got Timmy Howard up there in practice now for Colorado. Uh, So McMath's days could be numbered. Uh, And of course if everyone wants to keep up to date with the injury reports as they're coming out from all the various sources, check out Mike's other Twitter at MLS Injury News. He has them posted up there as soon as he can find them. Uh, And then also of course during our podcast each week and later on in the week at MLSFantasyBoss.com, Mike does have sort of a recap of the situation of where things are right now in case you just don't have time to flip back through all the tweets that have gone out throughout the week. And then a couple of other quick updates, just little tidbits, one you guys are pretty used to. Uh, but first I want to give you guys a just a, a little breakdown of some of the top fantasy leagues that have been going on this year, a little pat on the back for everyone involved in this show and everyone who listens and participates in all the leagues. In the past, we got to see the top five leagues ranked by average scores. I don't have that, but I have been able to get a hold of, thanks to Wu over at MLS Fantasy Viz, a list of top leagues just based on league size. There's a post over at MLS Fantasy Boss for that right now. But I'm happy to say that the r slash fantasy MLS league is the largest private league in the game. We beat Extra Time Radio by over 100 people, so congrats everyone who's been participating in that, Uh, so happy. MLS Fantasy Insider League actually has made the top 10. Um, We didn't break 400 people this year, but uh, with everything that's coming from Patreon, I think we're going to be able to get some prizes, so next season I hope to see that number increase. Um, Also the MLS Fantasy Boss League itself broke 1,000 members, so that's in the top three of leagues, so you guys have been awesome. This this season, participating in all the leagues that we have. I hope you guys are having fun. And with hope, if Wu could help us, we will also find out if our average scores put us in the top still. Oh, you know they do. I'd have to hope so. I mean, we had Simon, for Pete's sakes, and he's number three right now. Oh, <laughs> there you hell. go. Oh, gosh darn. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and of course, before we move on to our questions, I do just want to say thank you to everyone over at Patreon, who has contributed to our site to help us in our show, to help us keep everything going. The stickers that I have ordered will be going out this week as soon as I get the padded envelopes in, um, just for those of you who have hit those donation levels. If you guys are listening right now and you aren't contributing and you would like to, please feel free to head on over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash MLSFI, and just consider donating some to us. We we use all the money to go back into the show. It's not something that we're putting in our pockets and going out and buying fancy watches or sports cars or New York City jerseys or anything like that. But um, we do it back into the show. It helps cover our costs for hosting on SoundCloud, and as I said, we're going to try to be able to fund some prizes for, for the, the league that we have either this semester or th- semester. I'm, I'm still in that school mode. either this season or next season definitely to be able to get some prizes, at least scarves, but maybe some other fun things if we're able to get some swag printed up. And ultimately if we get enough, we do hope to get a special just website for MLS Fantasy Insider, just a little separate identity for the show. But thank you so much to everyone who continues to donate to our site and uh, everyone who just listens in general, even if you don't. As I always say, I will continue to love you just for listening. Uh, Jason and Simon, who aren't here tonight, may not, but they're not here, so who cares? (laughs) So now what everyone's been waiting for, let's get on to our questions for Double Game Week 16 and the picks that we have. So guys, I'm really excited this round because we don't usually have questions about the defenders and keepers, and we've got one of each Tonight, and so I'm just I'm just really excited. So let's just kick it up with our defenders. Who should we be targeting, uh, just consider this as like f- for prep, uh, for our budget defenders for round 18 with that big buy round?
1: So there's not a lot of defenders that I like this week that I also like in week 18. So it's a bit of a tricky question um, at this point. I think we're probably jumping the gun probably a week too early on that. Um, Campbell is probably the obvious choice there for me um, I think Aired and Parker from Vancouver will probably see an ownership bump probably next week because they've got two home games in a row I think and somebody that's sparked my interest lately is Jovan Jones in Seattle um, I might actually own a real Seattle player for once this year um, he's, he started to see some minutes playing out of position as the left winger Instead of the left fullback, um, so that's something to keep an eye on. Again, another guy with two home games in a row uh, starting next week, uh, but that's that's kind of my three cheaper options that I'm looking at right now.
2: Yeah, Reed and I were actually talking about this before the show. There's not a whole lot of great budget options that are in 18. Um, you know, think about Stares; uh, he's not going to be available. Um, players like that. I, I mean, we even thought about some of the Vancouver defenders, but like Harvey is now at 6.9, so he's not a cheap defender anymore. Um, You've got players like Glad, Redding, and Campbell, but I think Andrew's exactly right. Um, I I would wait, unless you have a transfer to burn and are just looking to burn it, I I would wait on that um, uh, until later. I would probably use your transfer if you have one now to burn on picking up a budget defender like R.J. Allen, who has a double game week this week and has had a really good production recently. So I would take advantage of the points now and worry about 18 later. Just plan out your transfers to make sure you'll be okay for 18.
0: Yeah, there's still plenty of time left. And uh, the other part that Mike and I had talked about was if if you're worried about finding guys that are going to be just excel during round 18, you're not thinking about it right. You just need a warm body. Some of them are going to be okay. Chicago may have an okay round, uh, so you got Campbell, maybe an option there. Um, Red Bulls may have some options going on. Orlando may have some budget options. I guess to some extent it depends on what you consider budget. I think I and a lot of others usually look at below six or even below five five, but um, you have to judge that for yourself. I think you should be able to get at least three players out of this round, especially if you already have someone like Glad. Right now you may be able to just gradually ease that in. Um, So still some time, but I think Andrew makes that great point. It's not something you have to do right now, especially – it's defenders, guys. You could could almost just take a zero and not even worry about it.
2: And most of the teams that are at home in round 18 either don't have budget defenders or aren't good defensive teams anyway. So you're not going to get a whole lot of value most likely out of that out of week 18 anyway. So
1: totally agree. I don't like really any of the matchups in week 18, but we're getting our so ahead of ourselves on that one.
2: Yeah. And if while we're on the subject of 18, um we mentioned this before the show, that is not a massive bye week that, from for MLS teams perspective. That's a midweek week. That's all the games that are on Wednesday. So all the problems about rotation without all the benefits of double game week that's week 18. So banking a whole lot on week 18 is not a, the smartest move because you don't know who's going to be playing because it's the middle of the week.
0: Unfortunately, you'll have a free wild card after week 18 to get you through round 19. So that's that's going to be a, a blessing right there. So keep all that in mind. We'll cover it later. <laughs> we'll have to have a special episode of the Fantasy Insider because that's going to be two rounds in one week, which is... <laughs> B A N A N I S. Uh, next question. Touched on this a little bit. Super excited. It's a keeper question. So we know Tim Howard is up at Colorado now. This may influence your guys' answers. But do you roll the dice on someone like Josh Saunders, or, or maybe even going over the Shuttleworth for for a keeper this round, or do you just stick with someone like McMath with with Colorado having a home game?
2: Well, Shuttleworth hasn't played the last two matches, and it's not an injury issue. It, uh, he just likes the goalkeeper competition. I forget who it is now. It's not really someone that's on our radars. Knighton. Um, yeah, yeah, Knighton, yeah. So I, I don't know if either Knighton or Shuttleworth are going to start both matches or what. So I, I wouldn't roll the dice Them. I think your only double game week option choice is Saunders. Um, if you have him, I have Saunders. I'm going to roll with him, I think, over Blake, because Blake's and Philly's defense has been garbage since Noguera left. Um, but I, I think our normal refrain of stick with who you have probably applies with this, unless you have McMath, because he's probably getting benched for Timmy Howard, sadly.
0: Maybe not this round, though.
1: Yeah, I would be surprised if it happens this round. I think McMath gets one more. Um, but to answer the question, I think I, I just still can't bring myself to spend a transfer on a keeper. Um, there's not a whole lot of difference in between them, and predicting clean sheets is a crapshoot, so stick with who you got. Yeah, and, I still no, MLS,
2: uh, no, no MLS team has been a good defense this year at all, so it's really been really difficult, other than Colorado, um, to predict a clean sheet So unless, until their goalkeeper situation gets resolved. I think Andrew's right. You're not picking clean sheets with any reliability.
0: Oh, man, it makes me long for the days of, of years past when there was Fortress Houston that you could almost always <laughs> rely on for a goal at home. It's like, uh, what? Over uh, the past three years we've allowed three goals at home? No problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are the days. Well, guys, who are you picking this round for your defenders and your keeper?
1: Um, Keeper, I'm going with Saunders, simply because he's the only reliable double game week guy, um, even though I don't think he's going to keep a clean sheet. Uh, Defenders, I'm going with Campbell and Moore and R.J. Allen from New York. Uh, He's been racking up the assists for a defender in the last couple weeks, so he's definitely someone to keep an eye on that's in that budget range. Great production.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm rolling with R.J. Allen, too. His last four scores are 9, 6, 4, and 10, um, and I think only one of those the last week is a clean sheet, so that, that's pretty incredible production. Uh, I'm also going to have probably Campbell and Zimmerman just because those are the budget defenders I have. I, I don't really like any of New England's uh, defenders, both because of their prices and because of how um, porous New England's been. So those are my picks. Who's your keeper? Oh, Saunders.
0: Excellent, as expected for you. So, moving on to midfielders. Guys, is Diaz back? And also, and I think this has been disputed since uh, questions were posted, does Diaz become a more valuable fantasy asset if the Castillo trade rumors are true?
2: Um, Did Diaz ever leave? I mean, I know he's had some down. <laughs> I think he's been one of the best players as far as de- generating chances in the game, period. Uh, I, I think he's... Other than Valeri, he's your best midfield, stick and plug him fixture-proof person you've got. So I I would keep him if you have him. I I don't know enough about Castillo to say if he's more valuable without him, but he's so valuable now that you should have him regardless.
1: I totally agree. Diaz never left, at least not my heart. He (laughs) might have left your heart, but he probably shouldn't have. Um, he's, he's one of those fixture proof guys like we've been talking about uh, as far as the Castillo question goes I think if he goes it probably does decrease Diaz's value a little bit not enough to get rid of him or anything like that uh, simply because Castillo requires so much attention from other defenders and he stretches the field um, long not necessarily wide all that much but uh, he's, he's one of those special guys that you just have to have to pay attention to as a defender, and it opens up some more space for the other guys in the Dallas attack. So we know that
0: Valeri was a monster this past week, almost just like he was showing off, but a lot of people are also considering Lee Wynn, who has been on a, a nice little run himself. If you're considering bringing Lee Wynn in is Valeri potentially on the chopping block as a double game week player? I'm saying no, but that was a question I saw, is would would you drop Valeri for Lee win? Or, if not him, who in some of these standard big-name midfielders would you drop for him?
1: Um, I think it really depends on how your transfers plan out going through to Week 18. Um, If you can afford an extra transfer and... The rest of your guys you like, um, I think it's okay to drop Valeri for the next two games, and then bring him back in 18. Um, for me personally, I'm holding on to him simply because I need him through 18, um, and I haven't looked at any other big name guys in that similar vein. Whether I would drop
2: them for win or not. I if if we're talking about. I mean, I think a lot of people have Valeri, Diaz, and Sasha Klush. Of yep. those three, if you've got to drop one of those for Lee Wynn, I would drop Valeri for Lee Wynn, simply because of the fixture. I mean, Sasha Klushin gets to play New York City again, and so he might score another <laughs> um, I mean, I'm a New York City fan, and I would absolutely bring Red Bulls players like they have a double game week this week. Um, and um, – FC Dallas, they at home against Orlando. That's one of the worst defenses in the league, whereas Valeri is on the road at Colorado. So that's really testing fixture-proof because that's the least amount of offense you're going to get is in Denver. Um, so, I mean, personally, I'm going to drop. I'm gonna try to drop Barnetta for Lee Win because I think I have some extra cash lying around to do it. But if you have to drop um, one of those three, I would drop Valeri. I would agree with that. Very nice, very nice.
0: Well answered. All right, and since we're talking about some Philadelphia people, I'm, I'm really glad Andrew's here, because I think a lot of people want to know, who the heck
1: is Alberg, and should I get him? Uh, the answer to the second part is no, you should not get him yet. <laughs> <laughs> yet. There's not enough sample size to really say if he's going to be a good asset or not for fantasy, um, and his schedule isn't great the next couple weeks, including a buy in 18. Um, so I would hold off on that, and if you want him after that, if he continues looking dangerous, um, I would pick him up in 19 when we have our unlimited transfer week. Um, but from what I've seen from him as a player, I like what he brings to that Philly attack. Um I was super close to recommending him last week for our chalkboard picks, ended up going with the safer bet of Barnetta, and was way wrong on that, um, but overall, i it's too soon to say.
2: Yeah, I'd like to see how Allberg fits in with Sipal. Um I mean, right now, Philly is in so much flux after losing Noguera, and... It's hard to say how this all sorts out fantasy-wise and who ends up being the most predi- um, per- consistent production. Um, so I'm, I'm with Andrew. I would wait, but i kind of keep him on the watch list and, and see where he goes.
0: I went with Pontius this week, and I was very pleased.
2: Yeah, I went with Barnetta. I am not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, guys, who are your picks then for midfielder?
2: All right, I, I'm going to start off with um, Jack Harrison. Um, he's the number one overall pick. He's only at 5.6. Um, <clears throat> he's just coming off an injury for New York City, but he's his last, his last three games are 8, 5, and 4. Um, I also think he's one of the – since New York City's playing its second game at New England and their turf – I think he's one of the few people who New York City's absolutely going to start both matches because he's young and he can handle the turf. Um, he's if you haven't had a chance to watch him play, you're going to really enjoy watching him play. His technical ability is absurd. Um, I really like the kid, and at 5.6, he frees up a lot of cash for you to do something else. And so I, I, I'd start with there, and then you know their standard picks: Sasha, Diaz, and Valeri.
1: Um, my picks were also Diaz and question and I also had Jack Harrison, um, so that's awesome. Woo. And then, Yeah, woo! <laughs> um, Lee Wynn was my fourth guy. Um, I think he's probably just about the only must-own guy for me this week. Uh, takes a lot of set pieces, usually takes PKs still, I think. Um, and with the double game week, he's the go-to guy.
0: Very nice. Nice little little stealth pick there, both of you.
1: So forwards, Dos
0: Santos came back and scored this last round. Toronto has a home game this round. Is it time to have both Gio and Dos Santos back in your team or at least together on your team?
2: I, I wouldn't bring in Dos Santos. He's got a bye. I, I've just never liked him um, as a player. I, I think he's the, the expected goal stats show he's gotten a little lucky for his goals. Uh, and especially with Keane coming back this week, <coughs> his production is about to go down anyway. But Giovinco is probably fine. I, I don't know if I'm going to bring him in yet because of his the expense. I might have to wait until 19 to kind of move the cash around for him. But um, uh, a matchup uh, or lineup of home against Seattle, home against Chicago, and then at Columbus, that's pretty good. So if you have the cash to bring in Giovinco, I, I would
1: do it. Um, Yeah, I think that's probably where I stand on both of those guys right now. If I could afford Giovinco, I'd probably bring him in, uh, but I can't afford him. Too pricey for me at the moment. And GDS, um, Giovanni Dos Puntos, as I now call him. uh, I still don't believe in him. I'll spare you all my rant on him this week, but avoid him. He's overrated. He's getting lucky in terms of expected goals, as Mike touched on.
0: Do you still stand higher with Mike McGee? Uh, no, I think they're both equally <laughs> bad. So you're back on the Keene train then? I guess, sure. You, you could say no, you just don't like L.A. forwards?
1: Okay, I'll say that. I hate L.A. in general, so Screw
0: right, there, there, there it is, there it is, the truth. All right, well, guys, uh, who are you picking for forwards this round?
1: Um, my four picks are David Villa. I think there's a chance he might get rotated, but you still got to go with him. Um, and then Giovinco and Plata.
2: Yeah, I, I'm going to have uh, Bradley Wright-Phillips, um, David Villa, and I, I don't know if I'm going to keep Plata or not, um, but I don't think there's any double game week players that I would substitute in for Plata, so um, I'll probably just stick with him.
0: So I'm going to add one more question here, since you both mentioned Plata. Is he the the musketeer from from the the trio of RSL forwards that you want to ride, or is Burrito or or Masivian the a guy that you're even considering?
1: Yeah, I, I I,
2: want to, I'll let you go.
1: <laughs> so I think Plata's the guy simply because he does sometimes take corners and free kicks and. PKs, um, and I think that's enough to go with him over the other guys. Um, I do like Burrito a lot. His his underlying numbers are good. He's involved in a lot of stuff. Um, so I think he'd probably be my second chess choice, but Plata over him.
2: Yeah, I guess out of the three, I, I, I would still stick with Plata, but I'm, I'm just kind of ready to get off the horse. <laughs> I, I the, the, the rotation between them is with set pieces and corners. It's, it's just hard to predict consistent fantasy value. So I'm probably looking to get rid of him as soon as I can.
0: Another reason that I, I tend to like... Because <laughs> he would be my choice as well over those three. Uh, but I liked him because he seems to be one of those rare forwards who is is willing to share. And, and by that, I mean that he'll he'll... Pass and he'll get assists as well as as the shots that he's trying to take. And for anyone listening right now, when we say burrito, we all, we mean Martinez is how he is identified in the game. So just just so if you're not familiar with who we're talking about, uh, but but I like his his ability to generate points from more than just goals. That that's what stands out for me with Plata as well. So last question, guys. Your must haves and your captains for this round.
2: Well I didn't say Lee Win, but that's probably who I would have. <coughs> Ooh, sorry guys.
0: As your must have or your captain?
2: As a must uh Sorry. Uh must have, um I would probably captain him too, just because I never captained David Villa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is there a reason why you never captain David Villa?
2: Superstition. Just I, I. Every time I captain him, he does badly, and then I'm, does but ba- then I'm hurting on both my real team and my fantasy team.
1: Okay. Uh, my answer to the question is Lewin for both must <laughs> have and captain.
2: Yeah, I think this is
0: the first time that we've had somebody pick as their captain someone who they did not recommend <laughs> as one of their picks. Gonna make sure Mike's Mike's actually recovering, able to breathe right now. Pat your back. <laughs>
2: yeah, your I, back. I'll probably do. Um, I, honestly, I'm probably gonna do a five. Um, man, midfield this week. I, I just forgot that I was gonna do it that way. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna bring him in as one of my picks.
0: Right? Oh, no, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Back backpedal. Back pedal. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right.
0: Well, those are all the questions that we have. Is there anything else you guys want to to bring up that we didn't cover from our questions from Reddit? Nope. Okay. Pretty straightforward work round with hope the double game week teams will play pay off better for us this time. Uh, but if not, there's there's some pretty decent matchups that are coming up, so keep keep it just simple with your big name players you know who are producing and there'll be some wild cards coming up for those of us like myself who are ready to just slash and burn their team.
1: But now everyone now <laughs> pretty much. Uh,
0: but now it's time for our community time. So the r slash fantasy MLS top scorer this round, the honors go to Lucas Donaldson, who is the manager of the team Breck Bad, and he earned 117 points. Uh, that's just 11 shy of the top overall, so so well played. Well played, good sir. Uh, now that takes us to the MLSFI hosts head-to-head league. Um, I won. Hi. <laughs> I won. I beat Andrew. It was glorious. Um, you want you want to talk about this at all, Andrew? No. <laughs> uh, I got ninety-one points this round. Andrew came in with eighty-five. Uh, I was I was as surprised as probably he was. This was just I think chalking that one up to that because MLS rotation, that that MLS shuffle that was going on.
1: Give yourself some credit, man. Take the I win don't... as you
0: get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's been pretty pretty awful this year. That, that it's, it's hard to, to rely on some of that that credit as well. It makes me feel more, more lucky. But, um, yeah, having Alan is definitely something I really enjoyed. I did go with Pontius, as I said a little earlier. I, I just liked his production in the open field, especially without Sapong to be there. So um, anything else I just had was standard Rosenberry... Uh, Valeri questioned Diaz. I still have Malia in the goal. I, I cannot wait to get him out of there. <laughs> I cannot wait to get him out of there. But I'm, I'm like you. I just I just can't burn the transfer on it. But uh, but yeah. So it was it was a nice a nice win. Uh, nice to see some green arrows. Uh, moving on. Older goaler went up against Simon. Even though Simon won his game, 81 to 73, it was not enough to keep him in that number one spot. He has dropped down the third. Probably because he's off globe trotting right now instead of paying attention to his fantasy team like a diligent manager would. But that's what happens. Still top three, so good job, man. Uh, Guy Sanchez came in with the highest score of our entire or little group this round. He beat Ben Bear 99-71, to so good job there, Slow Mo Sanchez. Uh, keep up the good work. The new father, Jason, went up against my buddy Steve, the taco, and beat him by like 20 points. So there you go. Congrats! The game of the match, I think that everyone was waiting for. Fantasy Football 24/7 versus <clears throat> Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football First. Just European juggernauts going at it, and in the end, Ivan fell, 93 to 82s. Fantasy Football First let us all down their domination. Uh, if only they had gone up against right, let us all down. If only they had gone up against Guy this round, we would have all been much happier. But congrats, Fantasy Football 24/7. Um we knew it was gonna happen. Are we surprised? Maybe next round. Maybe next round. And finally, Mike. Very close to Travis. Very close. Uh eighty to eighty six. Travis came through there, just edged out Mike. Uh so both Travis and I who have been struggling came with wins this round. Thank you so much everyone for the gifts. We we appreciate your pity. Uh, But moving on to round 16, Simon is going up against Fantasy Football 24-7. Team Simon. Team Simon, that's right. Team (laughs) Simon versus Team 24-7. Simon, get your button gear when you're gallivanting around the world and at least make your transfers. Come on, buddy. Uh, (laughs) Andrew is going up against Jason, which will be a pretty good round, I hope. Good match, I hope. Older Goaler is going up against Guy Sanchez, which should be another nice, nice little round. I am taking on... Ivan from Fantasy Football first, and so I'm hoping that he's not going to just rebound and, and smash me after his loss. Uh, Travis is taking on my buddy Steve, so congrats, Travis, on your win. And then Ben Bear is taking on Michael. You going to win that one, Mike? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> well, maybe he doesn't know about your Harrison pick. Maybe that'll that will put you over the edge.
2: Maybe so, but at least that last week I was able to help Travis have, have a little bit of light um, with Houston's loss. So
0: He did. It's it's important That's to, to keep us to keep us playing, Those are the small things in life. Um, again, if anybody else is having fun with their head-to-head leagues, I'd love to hear about some of the, the things that you guys are doing to keep it interesting. I, I really think this is a fun part of the game that I've enjoyed embracing more this season, and I hope to focus some more on it in the seasons to come. But now it's time to wrap up the show. Guys, do you have any plugs?
2: Yeah, um, I have a Twitter account, MLS Injury News. Um, it's always easier whenever people are tweeting at me, whatever they're seeing in games. That, that helps out so much. Um, I'm probably this week going to kind of take a look um, and, and make sure I have coverage from all the teams in the league. But if there's some beat writer or anyone you know who gets inside information kind of quicker than the team puts it out, let me know. Um, and like we said earlier, I most of all the injuries on the day of the transfers, as well as my normal fantasy column at Hudson River Blue.
1: And I hear that Mike accepts scotch that's old enough to drink itself and Rolexes as thank yous for the work that he does for the injury news. (laughs) That
2: that, that is true. I I (laughs) will accept alcohol of any kind because I am from the world, so yes. (laughs)
1: Um, As for me, as always, you can find my stuff on MLS Fantasy Boss. I will be looking at... Um, not only the Double Game Week madness stuff that I touched on in this podcast, but also the value of set-piece takers. Oh.
0: Nice, very nice. And of course, I will have the charts as usual over at MLSFantasyBoss.com, as well as my picks over at... Major League Soccer's official website as well as Travis having an article At least I hope he would, he's been a little busy recently, but check out the fantasy experts articles there as well as everything that gets posted on r slash fantasy MLS, lots of good conversation lots of good resources right there for everyone to take advantage of, if you have not taken advantage of already what's up, do it, come join it's free, come on reddit.com slash r slash fantasy MLS so, so do it do it. We would love to see you there.
2: We and should also that, uh, send out some congrats to uh, Jason on becoming a new dad this week. Um, I, I don't remember his the name of his son, so I'm just going to assume it's Eurogiralis Wiskovich. But uh, congrats, <laughs> Jason. <laughs>
0: I, I would only hope so. That that seems the most the most fitting. So yes, congrats everyone to Jason. Send him uh, a big uh, Twitter high five and and hope everything is going well. He's he's at a little checkup appointment today with his son. So hope to have him back on the show soon. Maybe we'll get some pictures on Twitter. That'll be great. And uh, we all Salt like, you better look out because this guy's coming up. So thank you so much everyone for listening. Hope to see you again. Can't see really see you through the radio, can I? No. Hope to <laughs> have you guys listen again next round. And as always, good luck.